again. Nice to see Nick here. <laughs> Last time, I was talking about what, what happens <laughs> when we're hit by a <laughs> real problem like Nick was. Okay, he was in intensive care, but praise the Lord. The Lord had, didn't want to take him. He had other plans for him, and we're pleased about that, aren't we? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> That's wonderful. And uh, yeah, it, 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 it uh, behoves us really to uh, be, be prepared, doesn't it? Okay, we were singing about, I'm not afraid, <laughs> right? And the thing is, there are things that come at us unexpectedly. But the thing is, is it's important to be strong of our roots in the Lord and our hope in God that whatever happens, whether we stay here or we go to be with him, we know where we're going, we know where we've come from, we know why we're here, and we know where we're going to. Hallelujah. Well, some of you, <laughs> hallelujah. And that's, and that's most important. You know, I, I think I mentioned last time I'm 80 this year, so I'm sort of... Uh, uh, you know, getting on. <laughs> I was at a funeral this week of somebody who died younger than me, you know, and you, lovely Christian, you see. But it's important to be ready, isn't it? And I was preparing this week, and I just wondered, uh, Nick, if you could just flash this passage up. And the Lord was just impressing this uh, passage on my heart and you know it gripped me actually and I hope it'll grip you this morning amen I hope God's word and truth will grip you because when he does when we get you know we don't want when I come we, we don't want to bring information <laughs> even Bible information we want to bring revelation <laughs> that brings transformation in our lives amen and Lord this morning that's what I pray I pray for every one of us, Lord, as we journey through, that you'll open our spiritual eyes, and as we listen to your word this morning, it'll be your word, and it'll be transformational in our lives, and I pray we'll never be the same again. Amen? Amen? That can happen. Let's just have a look at this passage. Um, it's flashed up there, and uh, it was a passage, as I say, God just laid on my heart a day or two ago uh, that he wanted to bring this morning. And uh, it's in 2 Corinthians, in chapter 3. And it's just a few verses, 16 to 18. It says, nevertheless... We do not lose heart. Just a minute. Wait a minute. Sorry. Nevertheless, where one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and the Spirit of Jesus, and... And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, freedom, hallelujah. 
But we all with unveiled face behold, as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. Mm -hmm. That's the passage. Just look at it. Just taking it phrase by phrase. In verse 16, if you just knock back a bit, to, um, Nick, when we turn to the Lord, how many have turned to the Lord? Okay, I hope you have. Turning to the Lord is wonderful. <laughs> because when we turn to Him, He turns to us. And we become a new creature in Christ when we turn from ourselves and our sin and to receive Him, and we become a new creation. Hallelujah. We turn to the Lord, uh, uh, and uh, and we become born again. Amen. And it says the veil is taken away. What's that veil? Meaning what? Well, I take that to mean the veil's taken away, and we see spiritually. <laughs> we spiritually have an understanding. You see, uh, <laughs> we, we our spirit comes alive. <laughs> Hallelujah. And with our spirit, we're able to be open to spiritual things. And the veil that blocked the person that doesn't know the Lord is taken away. You got that? And, uh, and it says, and now the Lord Jesus is the spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty, there's freedom. You know, there is where God is... <laughs> And God wants His people to live in freedom. Many Christians don't live in freedom. They don't live in liberty because they don't partake of and take what God, the Lord, wants to give them. But we can. You see, the veil can be saying, we can, we can, we can understand there are promises, so many, that we can apply to our lives and uh, we can walk in liberty and in freedom. Amen? That's what God wants. And he goes on, so where is Jesus in relation to you this morning? Okay. Uh, he's inside our lives. And we experience him. I don't know where you are with the Lord this morning, but um, Paul says in, in Romans 8, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we're sons and daughters of God. You know, we know in our knower that we belong to God. Hallelujah. Every time I get up in the morning, I say, good morning, Lord. Thank you. This is your new day. And just to know him and enjoy him and enjoy his presence, his spirit witnesses with our spirit that we're sons of God and daughters of God. That's important. So, and as, and so that's most important for us to know. And there's freedom. God wants us to enjoy His freedom and His presence in our lives. And then we come to this verse 18, which I want us to particularly focus on this morning. I'm just... 
And he says, but we all with unveiled faces, in other words, the veil's been taken away, behold, as in a mirror, looking in the mirror, the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. That's what I want to look at today, okay? But we all are, we're born again, the veil's been taken away, and it says, we, and behold, as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord. Now, simply put, whatever we behold, and we'll look at that word behold in a minute, or understand about God's heart towards us, and Jesus' love for us, you know, when I think back so much when I remember it, 10, realized he died on the cross because he loved me and saved me. Wow. And God's heart towards me, that's what we become as we behold that in our heart towards God. Now, what does it mean to behold God's heart towards us? I looked up in the dictionary, right, about that word behold, and it means to see, to truly visualize and discern, <laughs> discerning God's heart, to truly take in and discover God's heart, to take in and discover God's heart, to gaze, look fully, this is what the dictionary says, to look fully into the face of to look into the eyes of, to look with integrity at God's heart. Well, it's integrity. Uh, as we look at, uh, this is to do with God's heart, okay? This is what beholding is. So let me put it again. This is the dictionary definition. To, to see. You know, we can, uh, Tim can minister on a Sunday and uh, and some will see it, <laughs> and some won't. But it means when we behold the Lord is to see Him, to truly visualize and discern Him. That's what the dictionary says. To truly take in and discover. I'm discovering things now I wish I'd discovered years ago from God's Word and about the Lord. But I'm discovering. I hope you are. Never stop discovering God's heart. To gaze, you know, when you behold, you gaze at, you look into the face of, look into the eyes of, look intently of. This is the dictionary definition of who? The Lord. This is what it was. And as we do, it says, we become transformed, it says, into his very own image. We'd be transformed to be like Jesus. And the Amplified says, into his very own image, in every ever-increasing splendor, glory. For this comes from the Lord. This is what he wants us to get a grip of this morning. <laughs> Hallelujah. 
to get a grip of this. What I sensed as I was just meditating and believed God was saying, to behold the glory of the Lord is to see the Lord ourselves, to reflect like in a mirror we look at the, His glory. And as we do so, and that reflects back to us, it enables others to see Him through us. Mm -hmm. See that? Him through us. As we reflect and we're impacted by the glory of His presence as we behold Him, He flows through us. Isn't that what he's saying? Paul puts it this way in Ephesians. 1 verse 18, he says, The eyes of your understanding, or he talks about the eyes of your heart. You think, well, my eyes aren't in my heart, they're in my head. But you see, we need to understand God with our heart. <laughs> right? Our heart. The eyes of our understanding, our heart, being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling. Do we know that? What is the hope of his calling? What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? Who are the saints? How many saints here this morning? Right? That's... That's what he's put in us, okay? And he says, Paul says, I want your eyes to be opened. I want you to get it. I want you to get envisioned. I want you to be impacted by it. And I want you to walk in the truth of what I'm seeking to show you. He says, the eyes of your understanding, open your spiritual eyes, he's saying, and be enlightened that you may know, not Think, not hope, but know. Oh, well, well you're a little know-all, are you? No, 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 no. But, you know, we Christians are people that need to know. Paul says, I know in whom I have believed. And I'm persuaded that he's able to keep that which I've committed unto him against what, that day. What day when we stand before the Lord? We need to know. <laughs> Do you know? You see, one of the things that concerns me is there's so much in this, God's Word, that many Christians don't know <laughs> because they don't take the time, as Paul says, to study, to show themselves approving to God. They don't take the time to meditate. They don't take the time to know what he's saying because if we did... They don't take the time to know God's wonderful heart, his character, and experience his glory in their lives. Amen? So Paul says, I pray that the eyes of your understanding might be enlightened, that you might know the hope to which he's called you. The riches, wow, such riches. Riches to enjoy, not just when we get to heaven, and there'll be much, but here. The riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. We're inheritors now 
as children of God with wonderful riches that we can find out about, receive, and walk in from His Word. If we take the trouble to get into His Word, to experience His glory. See, Christians say, well, well, you know, I'm too busy, I haven't got time to really read. It's fine coming on a Sunday, and I enjoy that for a little fill-up for the week, and we're in the worship times. But, you know, uh, other times, I've got my job, I've got my family, I've got this. If we take 24 hours a day, eight for sleep, eight me for work, there's another eight, okay? Now, some are busier than others, but the thing is, what do those other eight, what are they spent on? We get up in the morning, is it this that we get to? Or is it this? How much time do we spend on this? How much time, if a time factor, you see? And yet, there's all these wonderful promises in God's Word. And Paul says, they're riches for us to enjoy the glory. His inheritance in the saints. You know, people, some people, so you read sometimes of people that were millionaires and they didn't know <laughs> that they were. And it's in us. And that, and that it says, Paul says in verse 19, the exceeding greatness of his power towards us or in us who believe. How many believe this morning? The power, what's the power? And he goes on in, in, in Ephesians, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives where? In us. Woo! You think about that. And with that, walking in that power. I wonder if we've been enlightened this morning about these glories. And so, talking this morning really basically on this, as we behold him, and understand what beholding means, as we behold him, he says, so we become like him. And in him, we become like him. David if you take David, he's a wonderful guy, a great warrior king, the greatest king of Israel, took on Goliath. <laughs> Why did he take on Goliath, just a teenage lad? Because he lived in the assurance and the glory and the presence of God. He wrote the well-known psalm. He wrote half the psalms, 150 psalms. You look at his life. You know that we best know, because the Lord is my shepherd. I shall lack no good thing. I shan't lack anything that I need. And here comes this filthy great giant, right? But I come to you, you come to me with sword and stave and, and shield and all the rest. I come to you in the name of the Lord of God, whom this day he will deliver me into your hands, which he did. <laughs> and he showed him what to do and how to fight him. You see, 
How did, why, why was David, this teenager, so confident? Because he lived in the presence and the glory of the Lord. His, he was enlightened. <laughs> he lived in the presence. And he was able to be the greatest king that Israel ever knew. Okay. And yet, what do we find? He, he was a great warrior, but he was also a lovesick worshiper. Say, half of the 150 psalms written by him. And he used to play and sing. He had fiery affections for the Lord. Do you? Are you affectionately in love with the Lord? And this is what David says in Psalm 27, 4. He says, one thing, not half a dozen things, one thing have I desired... I was to ask you this morning, what's the one thing in life that you desire? The one thing. The one thing that's most important to you. What was it to David? He had a lot of things he could have been. He says, one thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek. Not I'll hope it'll come to me. I'll seek. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. What to do? To behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. To inquire in. You think about that. One thing have I desired. That will I seek. And you know, if we really, you see, we can sing about desiring him. We can sing about loving him. We can sing about he's everything to me. But you know, when we really mean that, Monday to Saturday, we're seeking after him. <laughs> we're seeking after him in his word. Daily. Meditate, David says, on your day and night. We meditate on him. Says we'll be someone like, like a tree planted by the water. We'll always have fruit. We'll always be fruitful. And whatever we do, we'll prosper. Amen? That's what it's all about. One thing of I desire, that will I seek, that I may dwell in your house forever. Now, this is a house, but you know, where we are, we live wherever we go. I go around in my car and have a worship on. That's 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 my the, the house of the Lord. I have wonderful times in my car. Okay, with the worship on and praising the Lord. In our wherever we are, you see the our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, and so wherever we are. But but the, there are times there can be places specific, can't they? where uh, this is a place where miracles have happened over the years, where revelations have come, where God has come in healing and saving and delivering power. And so this place becomes precious, okay? And there can be a place, but also it's in his presence. But he, he said that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life and behold there the word is, behold 
21, it means, behold, the beauty of the Lord. Let me ask you this morning. Do you experience his beauty? Look what the dictionary said about this beholding again. Let me read if I can find it. It's as we behold. To visualize, discern, to look fully into the face of. To look into the eyes of. To look intently at. Behold the beauty of the Lord. So, and where did it all start for David? Well, we know he was a shepherd boy. And as a shepherd boy, the last of many, he was the kid. <laughs> and he was given the job, look after the sheep. Let the kids look after the sheep, keep them. What did David see gazing onto God's beauty? In the stars, as a lad, in the sunset, what did he see? He had time to, to gaze, to behold. And uh, he began, it begins singing, the Lord's my shepherd, I shan't lack anything. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He shows me where to stop and rest. He leads me beside still waters. How could he write that psalm? Because he knew the Lord, and the Lord actually ministered to him, showed him where to, led him where to go, where he'd take the sheep. He developed that intimacy. He came as a lad to say, I don't know you very well, but I love you, and I want to know you. There was a thirst there. What are you really like, Lord? Who are you? What is my life all about? And, you know, I guess Dave, the Lord whispered <laughs> in David's heart at some point, you know. It, that relationship became the foundation into what David was going to become, his destiny. And God said, you know, as he looked at it, he says, I found David. This is what was written. A man after my own heart who will do all my will. That's what he said. I found a man after my own heart. I want to be after God's heart. Do you? When I get to heaven, I want to feel <laughs> that God that I was a person after his heart. David was a one after his own heart. And, and that's what he said of him. And so, a, and so this morning, how can I, how can you and I get a heart like David? Was like that? A heart like David, whom God says, I found a man after my own heart. <laughs> What does he say about me? What does he say about you? And a lot of it, I be believe, it's 
comes down to how much time we take beholding the Lord. Being consumed with love for God. Uh, and in beholding Him, we become transformed. Uh, as we behold and we study love for Him. We, we become passionate with love for God. You know, so David's primary preoccupation was to follow the Lord, it says, all the days of my life. Is that in your, is that in your occupation? To follow God passionately all the days of our life. The very core of God's glory is in His, his Godhead, okay? And I've come to understand of light more and more just how much God loves me, even in my failures. He loves me. So often when we fail the Lord, we can back off, and, you know, and we can feel, well, when I've got things sorted out and I'm living a bit more holy, <laughs> I'll come to the Lord. No, the Lord doesn't want us to run, come back. He wants us to run to Him and experience His cleansing, but His presence and His love. Okay? When we understand God's emotions for us, you see, God is passionate about you and you and you and you. We weren't an accident. He didn't, he didn't make a multiplication of the same people. We're all beautifully, fearfully, and wonderfully made. Amen? Say to the person next to you, you're wonderfully made. Wonderfully made by your maker. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And, uh, and so we are. So... And as we behold him, you see, uh, uh, so we experience him. And that's why we, he does love us. And that's why John says we love him. Why? Because he first loved us. Hallelujah. Do you know his love? Are you living in his love? Are you experiencing his love? So a, a key discovery, if we want to be compassionate for God, is that what we want to be? If we want to be, we need to realize, realize, and it's in the Word if we give our time to study it, that He's passionately in love with us. Do you know that? Do you know the verses? Do you know the promises? He's passionately in love. He says, I've loved you with an everlasting love. And His love isn't a half love. It's a pure love. It's an all-consuming love. I've loved you with an everlasting love. If you want, if we want to walk in happy holiness, remember, I used to think, well, to be holy, well, I've got to give up this and give it that and give it the other. God wants us to enjoy happy holiness. Uh, it's not by trying uh, harder to enjoy God more, but uh, but, to, sorry, it's not to try harder, but it's to enjoy God more. He wants us to enjoy Him. He wants an intimate relationship. The result is we won't be, when we uh, are consumed 
with love and enjoyment of the Lord, we won't want to do bad things. They'll not have a hold on us, right? They won't. That's why as we walk with the Lord in the light of his Lord, what a glory we say he sheds on our way. And, and the epistle of John, you see, it says when we, when, we, um, when we have the Lord within our life, we don't keep on sinning. Because as we walk in the Spirit, right, <laughs> we're walking in holiness. Oh, I'm not advocating this morning sinless perfection. But what I'm saying is sin drops away. The sinful things drop away because we're consumed with the love and the presence and how much God loves us. And we don't want to do anything that will hurt him because we love him. Amen? So how do we enjoy God more? By beholding him and being convinced that he enjoys us. Ah, the devil comes and says, but what about this that you did the other day? What about that? There's cleansing when that happens. Not if it happens, but uh, if it happens. But the thing is, he says, as far as the east is from the rest, I've removed your sins. Hallelujah. And you've been put a robe of righteousness on. And I'm enjoying you. I want to enjoy you, not enjoy you. <laughs> enjoy you forever. And as we behold him, we, we become convinced. He enjoys us. And, uh, and so, I've, at 80, I've, as I am this year, I'm just learning how much I'm deeply, deeply loved by God. Hallelujah. And enjoying his presence. And I wish I'd learned this more. And by meditating and studying the heart of God, his character, going right through. I'm near the end of doing the old Bible, okay? I'm almost there of really going to what I feel deeply into that. Stud and studying God's heart that it's absolutely crucial in these days where there's negativity around, where everything in the world is falling apart, the news is dreadful, and so on, that we be children of light, that we be children of hope, that we be children that radiate the glory of the Lord with the life, the resurrected life of Christ within us that just doesn't hide it inside but radiates his glory out to other people. Taste and see that the Lord is good, that my Lord is good, and that we radiate his glory in our lives. David says this, in your presence is fullness of joy and at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Why could he write that? Because he experienced fullness of joy and pleasures forevermore. Now did that mean that he had a 
easy life. No, you read the Psalms. He had many challenging times, and his Psalms reflect that. And sometimes, sometimes he didn't sense God, but he affirmed, always at the end of his Psalms, he affirmed, but a declaration, a position that he took, that God would, would be with him, and God would see him through. Hallelujah? That's the important thing. Beholding and becoming. And so in closing, I want to encourage you this week and continually each week to behold the Lord. Behold Him as you look in His Word and the promises of what He's like. like that. Behold Him. And as we behold Him, it says... If we can just flash that, that's uh, the, the first one. As we behold him, there again. He says, but to all whose unveiled faces behold, as in a mirror the glory of God, we be become transformed into that is the same image, okay, into his likeness, okay. We become like Jesus. We're meant to be Christ-like, Christ within, flowing and glowing with the glory of Christ. In spite of all that comes to us, greater is he who's within us, hallelujah, than the one who's against us. And let his glory flow through. Just closing with this. On one occasion, Jesus said, he cried, and he says, if anyone thirsts, if you're really thirsty, let him come to me and drink. And out of his innermost being, out of his belly, out of his innermost being, will flow rivers of living water, the glory of God flowing through us. As we drink in Jesus, as we behold him, we become that river of his life, of his power, of his joy, of his peace that can minister to a desperately needy world. Amen? Lord, this morning, I pray that our spiritual eyes will be open to see all that we have in you. And realizing that, and living in that will allow you, by your Spirit, to flow through us, to touch lives who never know you, who don't know you. That they may be drawn to you, Lord, who is life eternal. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Pete. I don't, I don't like doing what I'm about to do. When people preach, I like you to go away and hear what he said. And, and sometimes what lo lots of people who do get up after a preacher is then they share their thoughts on it and you go away and remember what I've said and not what he said. But I feel like I need to say something this morning because we, we were praying before the meeting and we heard God speak to us and what he spoke to us about was, or I, I saw a picture of, shafts of light coming down sitting on each one of you 
And, and that light that hit each one of you was a revelation of God. And this psalm came, t- came into my heart, and I, 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 I want to put it up on the screen, which is Psalm 36, verse 9. And when, when you read it, this is, we, don't, we haven't talked at all, Pete and I. I don't know what he was going to say this morning. But this is what the Lord said to me. Um, so in Psalm 36, verse 9, it says, With you is the fountain of life, which Pete's just finished on that. I, wa- I want you to hear something, what I'm saying to you here. It doesn't matter how big we are, how many people are here, and, and how many people are on holiday, you're here this morning. And he's trying to say something to you. He wants to do something to you. He wants to shine his light upon you. He wants that fountain of life to touch you this morning. And then in that verse, look, it says, in your light we see light. It's like, but in in that verse that, that Pete shared, I've shared on that many, many times before, I want you to understand something. It says, we behold as in a mirror, you know they didn't have mirrors when that was written? You know, when you look in a mirror now, unfortunately, you see exactly what you look like. It'd be great if we looked in a mirror and we looked like something else, wouldn't it, sometimes? <laughs> well, but the way they had mirrors then was brass that was shined up as much as possible. So you got a dim view. But there was a reflection there of sorts. And what I felt Paul was saying was, You may not get the perfect vision of him. You may not think I know as much as God as that one over there. I can't see what everybody else sees. It doesn't matter. The very little bit that you see will change you. You haven't got to see what the preachers see. What they God is saying, I'm shining my light on you this morning for you to be transformed by even if it's the smallest vision of what I'm like so before we sing before we do anything else I want to pray with you so would you just bow your heads just close your eyes just for a moment it may have been a long time since you had an encounter or or saw the Lord or it may be something that's never happened to you that you can remember but I feel the Lord has spoken really well this morning that it's not just our part in this, us beholding him. But it's his part, him transforming us. And I just want to ask you, do you want the Lord to transform you? Do you need God to change something in your heart, in your mind, in your life? It comes from the light shining on us. And in his light we see you want the Lord to do that for you this morning, if you want to just, I guess as Pete put it there really well at the end, it's, we need to make that choice, that seek him, that's our bit. But if you don't understand it all, but you know there's something happening and you don't know what it is. Would you mind if I just pray with you? Could you stand if you'd like me just to, when I pray, I just want God to touch your heart where you are. You just stand with me. Thank you, Father.
Thank you, Father. We just want to invite your presence now, Lord. Invite your Holy Spirit to come. Each one who's standing, each one who's put themselves underneath that shaft of light right now, each one who is just unsure about what it means, what it feels like, what will happen, what will come in the next few days. This is our moment of beholding you in a mirror, Lord. Holy Spirit, just descend upon each one. Whether you're pouring in your love, whether you're pouring in your revelation, whether you're pouring in understanding, whether you're pouring in healing, whether you're pouring in forgiveness, whether you're pouring in just your grace. Open each heart and each mind just to see it. In your light we see, Lord. Just let each one see that little glimpse of you now, just as they stood before you. Each of you knows, I feel this in my own heart, each of you knows what your need is. And it's unique to you. And right now the light is shining right on that. Not with condemnation, but shining on that with hope, with freedom. We receive it now. I receive it my, myself. We, each one of us, Lord, we just receive it. Just increase what you're doing, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father. Just take a moment. Just thank him. Whether you've understood it all, got it all, received it all, doesn't matter. Just thank him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you brought us here this morning. Thank you for your word. Thank you that there's no distance between you and us. That For us to behold you in a mirror, we're quite close. Thank you that you want to stand that close to us. Continue to reveal yourself to each one. Thank you, Father. Amen. I'm just going to sing one song. Take.